Welcome back to the Prospector Podcast, a bi-weekly production bringing you the minor perspective. I'm your host, Itzel Hiron, and on this week's podcast, it's time to get spooky and celebrate homecoming. But before we do any of that, let's start it off with The Pick, a quick rundown of all things you need to know. On Monday, October 24th, there was a school shooting at a St. Louis high school where three individuals were killed, including the shooter, and leaving many injured. Police still have no word on a motive. It's early voting time, people, and if you have not done so already, get out there and vote. Early voting is the perfect time to utilize how accessible it is, especially here on campus. If you find yourself in Union East, head on over to Cactus Room 102C to cast your ballot from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or if you decide to come Saturday and Sunday, they're open from 12 to 5 p.m. Reminder, you have until November 4th to cast your early voting ballot, but Election Day is November 8th. Well, after a brief time as UK Prime Minister, Liz Truss has stepped down from the position and someone else has already stepped in her place. Rishi Sunak, who is the youngest Prime Minister in over 200 years, has been selected to replace her and has already made a speech to the people of the UK. In his speech, he says, quote-unquote, Trust is earned and I will earn yours. Back in the U.S., former President Donald Trump has been subpoenaed to appear in front of the January 6th committee for the riots that occurred on January 6th. Though Trump has not responded, Hope Hicks, a former longtime Trump aide, will be appearing in front of the January 6th panel. Well, 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 Halloween is literally less than a week away. It's next Monday, and who would we be if we didn't give you any movie recommendations? I mean, come on. So, Annabella Minedlis, our photo editor and quote-unquote scary movie enthusiast, has a rundown on all the movies you need to be watching this Halloween. Although the end of October is near, something most of us look forward to during the spooky season is watching scary movies. I wanted to recommend 10 horror movies to watch before the season ends. My list includes some cult classics, new releases, and some indie films, including some international ones, that aren't as talked about. I'll first give a spoiler-free summary of my top three picks before listing all ten. I also wanted to give a trigger warning for some of the following content, including topics on suicide. One of the movies I highly recommend this season is Netflix's The Ritual, released in 2017 and starring Rafe Spall. This British horror movie focuses on the theme of grief since the main characters face the loss of one of their best friends after he gets shot in a convenience store with Luke, Rafe Spall's character, being partially blamed by the others, since he was at the convenience store and froze up during the murder. The four friends end up taking a hike through the Scandinavian wilderness to honor the loss of their friend. However, what the group doesn't know is that an evil Norse monster is lurking in the forest. This is personally one of my favorite horror movies due to the storyline, along with the shocking twists and turns the film takes. I also think this movie has one of the best horror monster designs I've seen. I rate this horror film a 9 out of 10 and think this film is one of the best horror movies Netflix has produced. The second movie is The Descent, directed by Neil Marshall and John Harris. This 2005 British horror film stars Shauna MacDonald, who plays Sarah, a woman who is grieving the loss of her daughter and husband. Five friends encourage her to go cave exploring, however, the movie takes a dark turn when the six women are stuck in the cave and find out there are humanoid cannibals lurking in the dark. This movie also deals a lot with grief and is also not for those with weak stomachs. 
Throughout the film, you see the dynamics between the women and find out there are more issues amongst them than getting out of the cave. I would rate this film an 8 out of 10 due to the shock factor of some of the scenes, as well as how well the main character's pain is conveyed by actress Shauna McDonald. This film also has a sequel, however, I don't recommend watching unless you like being disappointed. The third movie recommendation I'm going to make, and also my favorite horror movie, is Gongium Haunted Asylum, which you can stream for free on YouTube with ads. This 2018 South Korean found footage film is a great take on the style of horror and had moments in the film that have scared me like no other. This film follows a crew who are a part of a web series called Horror Times and go to the most paranormal sites around the world. Although it starts with the captain of the team, Ha Jun, and a few other members faking many scares, they soon realize that the asylum is really haunted. This film is based off a real psychiatric hospital of the same name. I'd compare this film to 2011's Grave Encounters, but Gongium Haunted Asylum executes this paranormal crew investigative style better with scares that feel real and moments that make you want to cover your eyes. I recommend watching this film at night and by yourself for the best experience. I rate this film a 9.5 out of 10 and a mandatory horror watch. I could honestly go on and on about these films, but for the sake of time, here are the rest of the 10 movies. 2015's The Invitation, not to get confused with the one released this year. The 1968 version of Rosemary's Baby. Smile, and no, it's not as scary as they say, but it's still good. The Babadook. The original Jeepers Creepers, please do not watch after that. The uh, three that follow the original are just honestly terrible, but the original is great. <laughs> the Night House and The Exorcist. Although there are so many more horror movies out there, these movies stood out to me because they were more than just horror films and had themes and double meanings that stuck with me and left me speechless at the end. Hope the above recommendations interest you and good luck getting through them, miners. Hello everyone, welcome back to your UTEP Sports Rundown. Here's everything that happened over the weekend. The UTEP soccer team hosted the University of North Texas Sunday, October 23rd. North Texas led throughout the match with a one-point advantage over the Miners. UTEP kept pushing in the final minutes of the game, but it was too late. The Miners fell to North Texas, 0-1. UTEP Volleyball hosted UTSA Friday, October 21st, and later traveled to North Carolina to take on Charlotte Sunday, October 23rd. The Miners subbed both UTSA and Charlotte as it was able to win all three sets against both teams. Against UTSA, the Miners were able to stay on top throughout the match, although in the third set, UTSA looked like it was making a comeback. But UTEP was able to hold off the Roadrunners to win the match 3-0. It was a back-and-forth battle between the Miners and Charlotte, but UTEP showed resilience throughout the match to take the win against Charlotte with a final score of 3-0. Lastly, UTEP football hosted Florida Atlantic University for an afternoon Conference USA showdown Saturday, October 22nd. The Miners beat the Owls in a close game with a final score of 24-21. Florida Atlantic took an early one-point lead going into the half, and coming back from the half, the Owls were able to extend its lead by eight. The Miners were able to come back in the third quarter to tie the game 14-14 with a touchdown and a successful two-point conversion. In the fourth quarter, UTEP was able to take the lead, but Florida... In the fourth quarter, UTEP was able to take the lead, but Florida Atlantic was able to tie the game with a touchdown of its own. 
In the final seconds of the game, the Miners sealed the win thanks to a 27-yard field goal made by senior kicker Gavin Beckley, who set a program record of 51 field goals made. Hello everyone, and welcome to your bi-weekly NFL recap. I'm Emiliana Velasquez, and here is everything that happened in Week 7, from some upset victories to a Super Bowl rematch. The New Orleans Saints traveled to Arizona to kick off the primetime slate of games for some Thursday night football. It was a tough first half for Saints quarterback Andy Dalton as he threw three interceptions in the first half, two of which were returned for some touchdowns. The Cardinals were happy to see the return of wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins after returning from his six-week suspension after the NFL found him guilty of using performing enhancement drugs. Hopkins finished the game with 10 receptions that led to him recording over 100 yards. The Cardinals ended up beating the Saints 42-34. to One of the biggest upsets of the morning slated games was when the Carolina Panthers absolutely dominated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Panthers traded away arguably their best player in the league Thursday, so many were expecting a dominant performance from Tom Brady and his team, but that is not what was found as most of their offensive drives ended in punts. The Panthers beat Tampa Bay 21-3, marking Brady's fifth game in his 23-year NFL career being held to three points or fewer. The Green Bay Packers' struggles continued as they traveled to Washington to take on the Commanders. While it was a closer game than the Panthers-Bucks game, it was still one that ended up in an upset after the Commanders won 23-21. The Packers have now lost three in a row to the Giants, Jets, and Commanders, something no one would have seen coming in the beginning of the season. Brady has a losing record through his first seven games of a season for the first time since 2002, and Rodgers joined Brady at 3-4, making it his first season with a losing record through seven games in his career. The Kansas City Chiefs traveled to Levi Stadium to take on the San Francisco 49ers for not only a Super Bowl 54 rematch, but for America's Game of the Week. It was an extremely hyped-up game as it was National Tight End Day, with the two best tight ends in the league playing in George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. But also, many were hyped to see what difference Christian McCaffrey would make at running back after the 49ers traded for him in the middle of the Thursday night football game. As someone who attended the game personally, the anticipation of the game was way better than the game itself. While the 49ers took an early 10-0 lead, that was the last time they had the lead in the game. With a defense that looked sloppy in the second half, they were no match for the Kansas City offense. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo was no help to his team either as he finished with two interceptions, a fumble, and a safety. An interesting t- statistic was that both tight ends, Kittle and Kelsey, finished with six receptions for exactly 98 yards. The final score was a too much to a lot less, also known as 44-23. to Sunday's slate of games wrapped up with the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Miami to take on the Dolphins, with this being Tua Tagovailoa's first game back after recovering from his injuries. The Steelers' hope diminished as the game was sealed with a toe-tapping interception for Dolphins cornerback Noah Igbinajean. After a scoreless second half from the Dolphins, they still managed to come out with a 60-10 victory. This week wrapped up with the Chicago Bears traveling to Gillette Stadium to take on the New England Patriots. It was an interesting matchup as head coach Bill Belichick was going back and forth between quarterbacks Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. The Bears managed to pull off the upset win and make this game theirs by dominating both sides of the ball. Entering Monday Night Football, Belichick's Patriots were 16-0 at home in Week 7 or later against teams with two or less wins entering the game. The Bears entered the game 2-4 and beat the Patriots 33-14 for their first win in Foxborough in franchise history. 
Some other things to note before wrapping up the week officially are how the Eagles remain the only unbeaten team in the NFL as they were on their bye week but will take on the Steelers at home for their next game. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott returned to the action Sunday night and contributed to their 6-24 win over the Lions. Jets running back Brees Hall, who was a strong candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year, tore his ACL and is now out for the season. Week 8 kicks off with the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Raymond James Stadium to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for Thursday Night Football at 6.15pm, October 27th. Thanks for listening to our NFL recap. I hope you're here for the next episode. So this week, we're changing it up a little bit for the Prosby Corner. What I'm offering you all this week is countless reviews of many things that have come out these past two weeks. And I've realized that doing these podcast episodes, I don't really get to talk about a lot of them. So I'm going to be talking about a lot of them today. So uh, be prepared. First off, I'll be talking about Black Adam. Yes, Black Adam, the newest installment in the DCU, which stands for DC Comic Universe. And I'm I'm going to be honest here. I'm a huge Marvel fan, but that doesn't mean I don't like the DC comic movies. I do. I recently love the Batman that came out earlier this year. However, Black Adam tries so hard to be funny it tries so hard to be shazam and it's not shazam i was honestly really disappointed Dwayne the rock johnson has been trying so hard to like impose that the that black adam is going to be the saving grace of dc movies and stuff like that and honestly it, it really isn't it's really not i mean the rock literally just portrayed the rock in fact he he showed no range. I think, if anything, he was just The Rock and then angry The Rock. So it was like, cool. It it wasn't groundbreaking. I wish there was more development in who Black Adam is. It's such an interesting character, and I feel like The Rock did an okay job. I felt no emotion, especially when he talks about how he became Black Adam. There's no emotional range. I felt I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel empowered when he was beating everybody. Like... I felt nothing for this character. Um, overall, I give Black Adam a 7.5 out of 10. Um, the point five is solely for the end credit scene. The end credit scene, all right, you got me there, DC. I, I give you that, but you gotta step it up. I mean, I could not help but compare it to Marvel. Marvel has a distinct formula, and they followed it, and they've been able to be successful with that formula, and I feel like DC is trying so hard to copy that formula, and it's not working out, man. It is not. So, Warner Bros., um, let's rethink this, yeah? Next up, we have one of my favorites on this list, and it's an album, and I've talked about it on this podcast before, Midnight's by Taylor Swift. I am literally kicking my feet as I'm talking about this. I love this album. I love this album with my chest. I love it with every being in my body. This album changed my life. And I'm going to admit, the first time I listened to it, I was a little disappointed. And I think it's because I love Taylor Swift. I've loved Taylor Swift for a while. But I loved her latest albums, Folklore and Evermore. And I love that style. I love that sad music. So when I was when I anticipated Midnight's, that's what I expected, but it was not that. So the first time around, I was like, mm, this really isn't what I was hoping for, Taylor, but I gave it a second listen, and my God, Taylor, you are a mastermind. I am in awe of her talent. She is amazing. Truly, truly, truly. I left with no questions. 
I was like, actually, no, I stand corrected. I left with a lot of questions because I wanted to know what these songs were about. Because Taylor Swift has stated that these this album is a, an accumulation of 13 sleepless nights in her life. So we all know she's been through a lot. So I can only imagine what these songs or who these songs are about. But I give this, an al- this album a 10 out of 10. It is beautiful, it is sad, it is happy. It reminds me a lot of Harry Styles' lead single, As It Was, where the lyrics are so sad, but it sounds so happy. And that's Taylor Swift's album mixed with 80s synth. And honestly, it's like her two albums, 1989 and Reputation Had a Child. That is what Midnight's are. So again, 10 out of 10. I loved it. You should give it a listen. Next up on our list, we have a Netflix movie called Luckiest Girl Alive. And if the name sounds familiar, it could be possible that you've read the book. The book actually was a New York Times bestseller and is now a Netflix movie. But before I go into a brief summary of why I enjoyed this movie so much, I give you a trigger warning here. This movie, this book, does touch base on rape, sexual assault, sexual misconduct, as well as school shootings. So if any of those are triggering to you, I would suggest to not watch it, not to read it. If you're fine, if you can deal with that kind of stuff, I highly recommend watching it. It is an amazing movie, truly. It stars Mila Kunis, and it was so nice to see her. I haven't seen her in a movie in, I feel like, forever. So it was really nice to see her on, I guess, the big screen slash silver screen since it's a Netflix movie. But it was so nice to see her. She does an amazing job at portraying um, this character. She, I mean, she's just a badass in this movie. I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I do give it, however, I do give it a, like, 8 out of 10. Just because, obviously, those scenes that are a little disturbing can, like, affect you when you're watching. You're like, oh my god, like, what am I watching? But, um, I think she did an amazing job at acting it, but there's still so much more that I want to know. And I don't know if that's because it wasn't in the book, or maybe it was in the book, and they just didn't include that in the movie. So that's on me, because I haven't read the book, so... I mean, but I give it an 8 out of 10. It is an amazing movie. Highly recommend it. It's really good. You all should go watch it. Especially if you don't have anything to watch, you have nothing to do. I highly recommend it. All right. Now, for the next album on this list, I have Being Funny in a Foreign Language by The 1975. Oh my gosh, what do I have to say about this album? Amazing. Amazing. Truly amazing. Oh my gosh, the band has even stated themselves, this is probably their best, and are they are 100% right, let me tell you. I haven't felt this good about a 1975 album since their 2016 album titled I Like You When You Sleep For You Are So Beautiful Yet So Unaware Of It. I mean, this is honestly, I'm not gonna say peak because I hope they come out with more albums like this. This is just a new level for them. It is beautiful. It's written so beautifully so beautiful it's written so beautifully this album is written so beautifully sonically it is beautiful the mix of rock but soft rock and you have people like phoebe bridgers who are on this album as backing vocals help written these songs and it's it's beautiful it is one of the best albums i believe out there and honestly if it's not nominated for grammy we're gonna have some problems with the Grammys. And I mean, I know the Grammys are controversial, but I'm gonna have a problem with the Grammys. And I know it's a little late, so I won't find out if it's gonna get nominated until the 2024, or yeah, 2024 Grammys, but 
I I'm gonna be watching them if this album is not nominated for best album of the year or album of the year I'm sorry we're gonna have a problem Grammys so I, I just want to say that this album is amazing I highly recommend listening to it again just like Midnight's by Taylor Swift this album is a 10 out of 10 I would not change a single thing I love this album I could listen to this album all day I don't care if it's sad I will be happy I will dance to this I will throw a huge birthday party just playing this song or this album it's I, I, I'm at a loss for words, truly. I, I really, 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 really recommend it. Next up on my list is one of the most heartbreaking movies I've seen in a long time. If you love or if you've seen Brokeback Mountain, you like Brokeback Mountain, you need to watch My Policeman. It's The movie is based off a book of the same name, and let's just say it broke me. It was so sad. I... I'm heart I was crying my eyes out and I've seen it twice this weekend. It it was amazing. It was so beautiful. The movie stars Harry Styles, Emma Corrin, and David Dawson. And basically it's just like Brokeback Mountain. It's a secret gay love affair um with somebody who's married. Um in this case Harry Styles who plays the lead, Tom. He's secretly gay and has a secret relationship with Patrick, who's played by David Dawson, um, all at the same time while Tom is married to Emma Corrin, who plays Marion. And it's so, so heartbreaking. And I'm trying to give a description of this movie or how sad it made me without giving any spoilers. But this being Harry Styles' first movie as a lead, 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 because in Don't Worry Darling, he was like, a supporting lead to Florence Pugh in this movie he's the lead and honestly his heart was in this movie and you felt it that's why I believe I felt the pain so much it is beautifully written um, I highly recommend it if you really just want to cry grab a ticket and go see it by yourself it is beautiful I do say however it is not made for children do not take your children to go see this do not take any child to go see this but I highly recommend this movie. It is emotional. It's raw. And I think what makes it so raw and so emotional is that this is like realistic fiction because it's set in the 1950s when homosexuality is illegal in the UK. So it's like, or actually I believe everywhere it was illegal. So seeing that rawness of how they had to keep this love hidden when they really loved each other and how it you know does it's flashbacks to the past and then it's we're stuck in reality and how it's affected them and then we go back to the past and see all this it's it's heartbreaking it it was just it was beautiful and i can't help but recommend this movie to everyone i highly recommend it i give this movie an 8.5 out of 10 it's not any higher just because i feel like there was still some things that they could have touched a little bit more on they could have expanded on and but Overall, I think this movie is beautiful, and I highly recommend it to everybody. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on the Prospector Podcast. I literally cannot thank you guys enough for listening. I love it when you guys message us, tweet us, do all this stuff, and tell us how much you guys enjoy it. I really, really appreciate it. Trust me. I I was told today that I only have, like, two more podcast episodes this season. That's crazy to me. And I'm... I just can't believe it's coming to an end. I can't believe the semester is coming to an end. I I can't wait to keep doing this, but um, it's going to get emotional from now on because the graduation 
podcast will be very very sad but um that's all i have for you all today i hope to i hope to see that all you guys are listening on the next one treat people with kindness i'm itzel hiron